And now. Capital 263. To politics and beyond on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. And I'm Tawanda Henry Beatty. Uh, welcome to the best political podcast in the Second Republic of Zimbabwe. Uh, are we Tatanga? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, and, and some people are still waiting to appear in front of the bench. Ah, uh, look, whatever. The election has happened, so whatever the final outcome will be in the second. Will be in the second republic. So, 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 just on that, you know, I've actually found this whole second republic thing quite interesting or funny or weird. Um, we, so we're saying Mugabe was the first republic. So it's an interesting uh, point. It's a good question because, yeah, we would be saying Mugabe was the first republic, but then it would have to be an admission that the events of November 17 were unconstitutional, so they ended that republic. So by this election, we're returning, returning to republicanism. So it's very interesting when you see Emerson or an official government statement that we're happy to be in the Second Republic when previously they had refused to say that they were in a coup. Or a coup. It's a coup. They're not chicken. Yeah, that's, I've, I've, I've found it interesting. I've, I mean, I understand where the MDC logic was coming from, but when I heard um, EDUs, it, I was like, well, that's a bit strange. Um, yeah, but a, anyway. I don't, know, I don't know why he latched onto that, but it's obviously an admission. Could he... Yeah. It's well, I mean, it, it, I, it, to be fair, I, I get it from a point of not having a proper mandate, which which he had, which he knows he did didn't have. Um, he he didn't have an elected mandate, and so yeah. now he does. No, but, no, those things are all like we all understand those. It's just that yeah. at the time they were refusing to admit that they didn't have a mandate. Is more what I'm well, saying is that, or publicly admit that is true. Yeah, publicly admit. I mean, they, when challenged, you you know, they they the voice of the people is the voice of God. Was the you know this. was the response to you don't have you an electoral, electoral mandate, and the voice of the people spoke this last uh, when was election day? It was on last but, week Monday. Yeah, yeah, on the thirtieth. On the yeah, last week Monday, the voice so, of the people. Yeah, so today, for those that don't know, we're recording on the seventh. Sixth or seventh? I'm still in the sixth, but yeah. anyway, yeah. Seventh of August. Um, August. August. Tapinam na August. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the the people went out to vote, and in numbers, they turned out. Seventy-five percent turnout apparently. Was that was that, was that uh, turnout? Yeah. Um, I was trying to see if I can find it for the parliamentary, but I can't find it. So, I, I mean, they're obviously su- supposed to be the same. <laughs> supposed to, but... <laughs> supposed I mean... to be the same. <laughs> but yeah, seven, 75% turnout. That's high. That's the highest we've had in terms of turn- turnout since 1980. I think 1980 is, is the only time we've had a higher turnout. Some of the elections, I was looking back at it, some of the election turnouts in like 1996 was like 32%. Um, yeah. This this last one, uh, the last election, I think, was just above 50%. Uh, yeah. 2013. 
if I'm not mistaken. Or was that 2008? But one of the two. So um, really high turnout. Congratulations to Zimbabwe for Zimbabweans yeah, right. coming out to to vote. It was very important that that they did so. Um, I'd obviously like to see the breakdown in terms of the, where the youth. The youth. Yeah, what, the, where which provinces had high turnouts high versus turnouts, lower turnouts and exactly. Um, women as well, you know, those demographic um, um, statistics will be interesting to look at. Yeah, once I, think, are, I think perhaps we might... Once they're public, publicly available. We need to, yeah, we might have to do a proper breakdown of that maybe with um, Dr. Miles Tendi or someone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it would be telling, you know, just in terms of where our democracy is at, um, what sort of trends we might be able to expect in the future, just what sort of what people were thinking around the country. Um, obviously, one of the key things that we can take out from this is we, we have a divided... Um, a rural-urban divide. divide. A, rural, a serious rural-urban divide in terms of the electorate, in terms of the voting patterns, or in terms of the, the voting results, we also just simply have a divide. 50.8% 50, of people, according to Zek, voted for Emerson um, Nangagwa, which means... It's by no means correct. a ringing endorsement of the yeah, president. It's, it's not. 49.2% of people didn't vote for him. Um, and that's a huge, you know, that's a 50-50 split. So... We are you know, down the middle. <laughs> Very polar. <laughs> it, it can't get more polarized than this. Yeah. Um, it it really can't. But yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, we'll start with as the results were announced. We'll start with issues to do with the the parliamentary uh, election. Parliamentary election. Um, talk about what happened there, what and then from there we'll yeah, move to the, from there we'll just move on to the presidential election. Um, and discuss things that happened there and obviously things that happened with regards to um, the election itself and results coming out and all of that. Yeah. Um, what was the final tally for the uh, before, parliamentary be, before, Sorry, be, just, just before we get to that, um, just wanted to say, it on the surface, and this is obviously someone looking at it from, from, from who wasn't there, It the process seemed to go quite smoothly um it would be nice actually to get some people on who did vote but from what i gather lots of people went early obviously you know there's a, there was an eagerness but really there were incidents in some places um you know some people couldn't vote uh, i i think immediately of she posted her, her her incident where she was on the voters roll twice and it wasn't during the cleanup process that wasn't sorted out, so she was unable to vote. But most people who I spoke to said that it was fine. The process went by, you know, quite smoothly. They got there, they checked their names, they went into the booth, and they they did their thing. They cast their their ballot. Um, I don't know if there's any sort of like stories just on that that you have. Um, no, I. I, I think, yeah, voting in itself was generally um, problem-free. I mean, obviously, TB couldn't find his name on the voters' roll at three polling stations, so that was a bit of a kerfuffle. 
Um, and yeah, there were isolated incidents like that where um, I know candidates and some people couldn't find their names on the photos for specific polling stations. But if they had the resources to go to the district polling station, they generally were able to to sort it out. But I mean, it's easy in Arare to go from Gletwin Farm to Oriel or Chizipiti. But in other areas, it was quite difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's any statistics on that, but I know of some candidates that had to run around and do that. So I'm assuming that trend would reflect itself, not in a major way, but it would also have, some people would have had that. But that's pretty much the major issue. What you know, there was there was there was a couple of things that I saw online that I actually just curious about. So the first one was the missing polling station yeah um and i didn't i never actually followed up on that to find out what actually happened there and and i haven't seen anything written about it to explain further explain um Uh, on the day people then just said that they were told to go and vote somewhere else um it almost seems like someone just forgot Um, yeah i mean and the polling station equipment and materials had been put as a sub-polling station at another location. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, from 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 Zek's perspective, and I, I, I'm not surprised that some of these things happened, simply based on on the manner in which they've been, or a lot of the things that have that happened in the run-up to. To the election itself but i think generally speaking they weren't calamitous or nothing reported that i would say was like calamitous where you're like wow this is just simply bad and terrible yeah no i are they they did well and in terms of the logistics of voting day itself um yeah. you know Besides acts of God, like that polling station that ended up being in the middle of a bushfire. <laughs> yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was also that was also quite quite strange. Yeah. Um, but but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, was that was, was that not in Norton? I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Where are you blaming Chris? <laughs> Ah, Um, So, yeah, no, in terms of actual voting, I'm just looking through this now. There's nothing that else that we can we can really say was the problem. Um, You know, people in urban areas always complain about standing in queues too long. You think they'll be used to it um, with all the bank queues they have to stand in. But... (laughs) um, there's uh, there was generally what's it called um there was generally a belief in some people complaining that uh zek is intentionally going slow in in Arari, but i don't think anyone failed to vote as a result of it i think people were just impatient and were mm. being a bit alarmist mm, mm, mm. interesting voter turned up on the day Araji mugabe yeah Yes, assist, oh, he, assist, he was one of. Did they count his votes as an assisted vote? Because Grace definitely assisted him with that. Uh, Bona was the one who was there for a long time, and then and then Grace came over afterwards. Um, but 
the day before, he came out and, uh, you know, in a shock press conference, out of the blue, uh, spanner in the works, so to speak, um, came out and he said uh, he wasn't voting for E.D., said he's to- being tormented. <laughs> I, found, I found that whole press conference very... It was hilarious, you know what I mean? Um, for for a number of reasons. First and foremost, they should have gotten him a different chair. Man was slipping and sliding down, down his chair. Um, you know. Secondly, a lot of the things he was saying were very hypocritical and ironic. You know, he was talking about um, the treatment. So he was talking about the treatment of his family members and how people can't come to visit him, him and how how people are being harassed. Um, every time they come visit it, him, um, and they're afraid to it, visit him. How some, yeah. some who lost the farm, they took the property. Um, yeah, some people are losing property. Some people are out of the country and they can't return. And I'm like, so you, in my head, I'm thinking, well, so this is exactly how people lived when you were in charge. Yeah, you know, this is this is a monster of your creation. People are literally just carrying on the things that were done under your leadership. It just so happens. That, that you, you are, are now, now, the, one now on the, the receiving end. end. Yeah. And then um but, and then his his complaint that the pension that he received was not the agreed on amount. Four hundred and fifty seven thousand US dollars. US dollars. <laughs> American dollars. Yeah. That's not rents. <laughs> Yeah, American dollars. Um, um, yeah, and I mean, sure, we can't even go to issues with a pension, sure. I mean, who who in this day has a pension? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, we should ask him about 2008 when our parents' pensions were wiped out by by his disastrous policies. Ah. So 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 that that entire thing was, you know, but it obviously was it was it, it really was a fuss. But at the same time, you can see that man is craving for the attention. He's craving for, you know, to be in some sort of spotlight and limelight. And what, you know, one thing, so when he did go out to vote and he voted in uh, in, in Highfield, as he's always done, um, people were screaming his name. Yeah. People were screaming, Gushungo, Gushungo, Gushungo. And I wonder if when he got back into the car, you know, he asked himself again. He did should people really, he did people put himself really on the ballot. <laughs> He's come, <laughs> I think I think that narrative I don't know why those people were doing that. But that that's definitely something he can believe in his head. And if he's no, surrounded by sycophants and people like that, and then the first time he's really out of the house, he sees that. It's the first thing he can he can believe, and then no, but- to make matters even worse. And when we get into the presidential results, we can also then go into this. He can say, "Ah, look, as you can see, I always said it was opposition people in the towns that marched against me, and they've always yeah. marched against me. But the rest yeah. of the country still loved me. And if you look yeah. at the election results, Arunyebe." <laughs> Well, to be fair, right? If, if, um, <laughs> yeah, in, terms, in terms of in terms of a percentage, and once you, you 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 break in terms of a percentage, he's performed better than than ED. If 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 we are then to say that if seventy five percent of people had turned out to vote in previous elections or whatever it was, 
then he's gotten a higher percentage of the vote. So he could he could make an argument for himself. What I think it was, though, and you know, you you ask, you don't know why people did that. I think genuinely there are people out there who who still love Mugabe. Um, they love him, the icon and the the yeah the icon and the idea of him and some of the things that he claimed to stand for. Um, you know, I've always said, had he retired in the nineties, he'd have been a living legend. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> so just before shit hit the fan. No, guys, uh, that's when Black Thursday happened when the Zim currency lost that about. Um, was that ninety-seven? Was it ninety-seven when he decided yeah, we're going to give all war vets fifty thousand dollars cash? Yeah, yeah. No, I think you know even at at any point. But we can discuss Mugabe's legacy on another day. Um, but yeah, that was that was you know just an interesting uh, tidbit, for, um, him coming out and the things that that happened there. Um, so yeah, onto onto the, the the parliamentary elections. Any surprises for you? Um, no, I think none at all. Um, yeah, none at all. I mean, there's there's statements we made before. I mean, let's just give the overview. Overview. What was the final tally? Yeah. So so, we so, so well. So so in terms of the the parliamentary seats, just to break it down, um, ZANU-PF won. Um, 145 seats, and the MDC Alliance won 63 seats. There was one independent candidate and one member uh, from MPF. MPF um, that that won, and that's all 210 um, constituencies. Uh, obviously, the split. If you look at it, um, ZANPF. Uh, let me see if I can if I if I have it here. Um, in map. terms of this. In terms of the provinces and and how they break down, I don't have it. But most ZANPF won, most or rather MDC won in Matabeleland North. So people of Kariba, Vic Falls, um, Wange, those areas, they won Blawayo, obviously. Um, I think ZAN got one seat in Blawayo, one more than they'd won before previously. Harare, they cleared the entire place. And then they also won in places in in you know around around Arara the country. South, they didn't. They lost Harare South. Oh yeah, they lost Harare South. Um, My bad. That, Midlands. That, that yes, ended up coming up later. Yeah, so they lost one. Um, but Midlands as well. They picked up Ma- Manika Land. They picked up as well. Um, this is the MDC and Zanplier. Pretty much, if you look at the map, the map is very green, um, and then you know bits of red here and there. Um, but onto some of the interesting ones that we spoke about before. Oh, Harare. you've just, yeah. Um, yeah. So some of the interesting ones we spoke about in the in the previous Harare. We can start with Mount Pleasant. Um, Mount but, Pleasant. Yeah. So of the independent candidates, and there were many. Actually, they were a lot. <laughs> yeah. Before, Mount Pleasant before pitted. Got, it's, it's clear that it's clear that in this election or national Zimbabwean elections are a two horse race. It's either you are in MDC or you are in ZANU PF, or you are or, or you are Temba Mliswa. <laughs> yeah, or you are Temba Mliswa because everyone else who stood as an independent got a hiding. Yeah, um, the best performing independent, I, you know. I believe 
and I could be corrected, I think was Fadzai Mahe who got 4,388 votes. And she came third in, yep. in the Mount Pleasant constituency. Um, to Samuel Banda of the MDC Alliance, who won with 9,357 votes. And she lost to Jason Pasadi as well, uh, who got 5,295 votes. Um, and and that was pretty much how it worked for all of the constituencies. Yeah. It's... Um... We need to talk about that, um, the responses of the independence after the loss. I mean, Fadzi lost, she ran a good race. Um, Jessima Jome lost, her race was perhaps, you know, she arrived late to the game. Um, Pastor yeah. Evan lost and a bunch of other, uh, you know, smaller... Povo Yese. Povo Yese, I don't even remember who was in Povo, but... The responses of, uh, of of the independent canons are, are very interesting, um, and I think, like you know, we always joked about whether Povo was a party and not a party, just like it was a coup and not a coup. And yeah. I genuinely believe that they had designs on making this a party, um, such that the losses, the losses. Um, as I don't remember her name. What was the name? Was it do do something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as explained by them, you know, it really hurt. <laughs> and I know losing hurts, but you don't insult your 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 electorate. Your constituent. Your constituent. To do Yeah, and and here's the the thing is I was reading one of her tweets. She said, I went to every single house in my ward and they still voted for the MDC Alliance candidate. Maybe they just didn't like you. <laughs> like That's true. I mean, so maybe, so, so for me, like, but but I hear you I, and I, I completely understand. I think, you know, a lot of people have, have, have said um, different things on this. I think the first is that party politics is very strong. It's 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 branding, but it's also attached to ideologies. People aren't just voting for individuals; they're voting for the party in terms of what the party itself stands for. And you can trace back as much as we might disagree with some of the things that you know some of these parties do. You can trace back ZANU PF's ideology, at least on paper, um, and what people think it stands for and believe it stands for. You can do the same for the MDC. Parties are also built out of Parties don't just emerge from a leader. You don't just have one person come out and say, I'm starting a party. Parties emerge from people, right? And the MDC was a workers' party. It was a students' party. You know what I mean? Like it came from, from those a group roots. of people who could, from those roots, who could identify with it and place themselves amongst it. Uh, ZANU PF had a large peasant base, which is still, you know, um, rural based today. It's still got that um, connection to the people and that history. With the independent candidates, I think one of the key shortcomings was a lot of them were riding on their brand, their individualness. It wasn't, yeah. And, it wasn't and, an and organic you, movement. It wasn't. And, but what you'll find is you'll find that some people 
can connect with you as a person and would say, well, you know, I see myself in Fadzi. And so I can vote for somebody like Fadzi, right? But what happens to the person who doesn't see themselves in you? If you are saying that you stand on whatever particular principle, they might not see themselves in you, but they can believe and follow in those principles and ideology that you stand for. Um, and I think, you know, it goes across for a lot of these independent candidates is they were the brand and the name behind it. Whereas if we now look at the MDC and we, I, I'll pick a constituency like um, um, Harare West, where... Um, Jesse versus where Joanna, Jesse Mat- Joanna where, Mamombe. Yeah. Where Joanna, where Joanna beat um, Jesse, but she didn't just you beat Jesse. <laughs> let me actually pull it. Up. She won she by. She got twenty thousand votes. Yeah, that's huge. That's massive. She right? wallops Jesse. Completely, completely. And now this is this isn't somebody who Jesse isn't a, a nobody. Jesse was the incumbent, first and foremost. Yeah. Um, and Jesse was a two-term incumbent right? yeah yeah there you go yeah so she got twenty thousand and forty-five votes jesse came third jesse even lost out to the zan pf guy she also she got four thousand and twenty-one votes um but she beat the incumbent because people weren't i think people weren't looking specifically at jesse they knew they were like this is somebody who's come from our party but it was more the ideology of the party and the party itself that people were voting for People are voting parties into power. They aren't necessarily voting individuals into power. Um, into power. And, and and you're looking at it from a perspective of saying, we want to have a strong party. And yeah. you can only have a strong party when you have more of your individuals in that and, position. And you know, the it was... I don't, like, I mean, look, we're both studying politics-related degrees and, and have had a look at this but we would have told them this this for free as soon as Morgan Changere passed away and Mugabe was was de- was deposed could you get into a party yes. yeah i mean we, it, it was it, a tragic misreading of the political of, of the political landscape yeah and um, you know then we must and, obviously and, go ahead and 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 to be fair if if we are if we you know it's been a resurgence of both political parties simply because there's new leadership yeah. in both of them. The, the base would have been, or even new bases are being re-energized. Uh, yes, people are yeah, being that's, re-energized. that's completely true. Um, but, you know, some of the other interesting ones, um, Terence Mukupi out there in, in, in um, oh, well, yeah, in, in Harare East, where is it? Lost, thankfully. Yeah. Terrence Mkupe lost emphatically as well. That was another 20,000 past MDC Alliance victory. Yes, uh, 20,592 to Tendai BT. Uh, Terrence Mkupe came second with 8,000 votes. Uh, He did lose. Obed Kutu, why he was even trying? I mean, shambolic. 1,269 votes. Massive loss. Um, Harare South was also... Harare South was an interesting one, and we'll talk about Harare South... um, amongst actually we can do it now uh harare south is the only one that went to zanu pf and this one has a lot of votes so zanu pf won by 21 
24,503 votes. And uh, that was Tongai Mnangagwa, um, ED's nephew, yeah. who won. And then Shadrick Mashayamombe came second with 21,366 votes. And Tichawana Saurombe came third with 7,816 votes. Saurombe is which party? MDC Alliance. So you had two MDC alliance, alliance candidates. So candidate. who who and 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 an MDC candidate Desmond Jambaya who got four four thousand one hundred four thousand um, and sixteen votes. So in total, the three MDCs had over thirty five thousand votes. But but because of their inability to to come, to come together. They lost out by and and Munanga won by you know three thousand votes. Um, that was that was the difference. So if the MDCT guy wasn't there, you know Shadrick Mashayamombe could might have taken it maybe, or you know they would have split between him and Saurombe. Um, and this happened, I think, in another eleven constituencies. Um, Raj Modi, who won in Blaio, he won in a similar fashion where he just had the highest number of votes two MDC Alliance candidates, they split the votes between them or MDC Alliance and MDCT and they lose out. It happened in in Chibutu West. It know? happened in, I think we at the last count, in at least 16 constituencies. So it's, was it, it was literally you know, the difference between... Uh, so in, 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 it gave them ZANU the supermajority. Yeah, it did. In, um, fact, I mean, in fact, if you... Sorry. The... Alliance candidates happened in at least six constituencies, which was would have brought them to the um, to the majority. To the would have, would have denied Zano the supermajority. If you then include MDCT, it probably goes up to twenty. I don't think it goes up to twenty. I think if if I'm not mistaken, um, POV said twelve, but I I haven't checked the these stats myself um i know che gutu west for example 104 votes was the difference uh dexter and duna oh no this was the one that got returned overturned wasn't it yeah it was overturned and given to mdc alliance <laughs> yes, yes 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 okay yeah so this one doesn't even count i was like wait something's wrong here oh yeah i know that one that one was overturned but you know there's a number of constituencies and this is something you know um douglas monsoro came out himself and said this is where one of our failings were and i completely agree that you know this was something that i think they really should have worked on and if and and this is where i think um primary elections should have been a thing because if they'd gone to primaries and you'd lost you'd then be fielding yourself as an independent candidate and not an alliance candidate but and I think if my question if being, is, how yeah. did the how are the how are the papers filed? Auntie, you just needed a signature from 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 the party Ningirgini. And and for example, you have um, Komichi and um, who's the other guy? Timba. Timba is the elections chief elections officer i think for the president of the mdc and komichi is the chief elections officer for the party so you have two people who are running 
the same the same job pretty much who could probably sign off on both on on one issue on on the same issue so it could have been and i'm not saying this is what happened but because of the way that the authority or the structure was organized you had two people and this is just that i know of who could potentially have signed to endorse you as the candidate yeah so it it's it's those kind of divisions or it could have been that you know you because you're in the alliance maybe you are from uh, pdp and you use your 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 pdp connections within the alliance to get yourself nominated for the seat yeah, i'm not I, sure how it i worked. think i think what happened with the the seats that you see there um and in fact what happened in matt um matt south matt south was the, it was basically the the MDC al- alliance member the mdct um or original mdc chamisa's mdc members decided that they were stronger candidates than washman's members and decided to impose themselves there um Washman was seized with something else and didn't fight for his seats. Whereas when they tried to do that in Arare and to settlement Chiquinha, um, luckily the president of the PDP, Tendaibiti, was also close to Chamisa and is not someone that would let something like that happen. So it became a choice of was your leader in the alliance willing to really fight for you and stop something like that happening? That, and it just, it just happens that, you know, PDP members that ended up running all got their seats protected because Tendai fought really hard to have those seats protected. Seto Machikwinya is the first one. At the day of nomination court, there was an alliance, another alliance member there and there were phone calls made and the guy caved. Yeah, I think, you know, this is it. I, I really think that you know, and we spoke about whether you know which which approach was better in terms of going to um, primary elections, and that had they been better organized, this was avoidable. But now it's happened, and 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 so I think you know, that's it. I think um, ultimately yeah. that's the one takeaway that the MDC alliance will have to take away from this election. We need oh, yeah, to be just, better organized. And my thing is, look, we give Zeke a hard time, um, but they had a year or or more since, since, um, I'm just, just follow where I'm going, since um, voter registration to basically organize for an election, Chamisa essentially had seven months to organize a party for the election. And like i kept reminding people before the election you don't realize how dead mdc and harvest house was and um a lot of that has to do with the secretary general of the party and the the secretariat of the party is that it had been allowed to decay um there are certain people who run a tough ship and if you speak to anyone who has worked or been through Harvest House, under Washman or under Tindaibiti, um, Dagi is brilliant in his own way. I don't, I just don't think he runs as tight a ship 
as Welshmen or just because of whom they are? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know the the structures and how people operate, but definitely what the MDC pulled off in this election must be commended um, in terms of, you know, just the sheer number of votes. They're up from, from the 2013 position, but they must, I hope for them, and this is for, you know, going forward for, for the future of the party, they come to terms with some of their um, inefficiencies uh, and and issues in terms of just organizing and professionalizing themselves. And this is something I think we spoke about before in terms of how professional an institution is the MDC. Um, what, what are just the day-to-day organizing structures of the MDC? You know, do you have uh, a secretary? Are there people to answer phones? Are there people to you know, pass information, messengers, and that sort of thing. How do those things on a day-to-day basis run? Obviously, there's a lot of things that, you know, we can talk about in terms of an election. Election is an expensive affair um, to conduct. And obviously, I don't think we all know that the MTC was strapped for cash. Um, And these are some of the things that contributed to some of their failings. But going forward, it's important that, they take a step back, review, analyze, and say, okay, how best, how how do we get to put our best foot forward? And once you've done that, it's going and looking and saying, how do we build our structures up from the ground up across the country? Um, yeah, a I lot mean... of A lot of action takes place in Harare, but as the election shows you, Harare is not Zimbabwe. So, yeah, we... so, so there's there's a lot of work that needs to be done elsewhere, and there's an opening because the MDC, as we've seen from the election results, has an opening in rural areas. They've increased their their uh, um, their visibility there. Now it's time to actually get down and sort of start establishing whether it's a party office or a you know something like that sort just so that there's that regular contact um regular contact and yeah. and and solidifying of structures nationally all right so obviously we'll go in to this we might have a post election episode when all the dust is properly settled yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. so we can move on but obviously it's it's going to be congress when the wheat and the chef need to be separated and the party needs to oh yeah, def- oh, yeah. reunite yeah. and destroy each other and get all those splits that are coming get all those things done this year or in see, the next congress fair, you see to be fair i don't think though i don't think that there's going to be room for splits. And I'll tell you why. Is this election has showed us you there there's only room for two parties in Zimbabwe. I don't know how. I don't know how any other political party, and I really would be impressed, is going to build a base. Because this election shows you need two point one million votes, two point two two point two million votes to win the election, right? Out of a voter out of what, five million voters. Yeah. Right. How do you how do you from ground up convince 
two million people to come to your side. You can't. And 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 here's the thing is like you can't. You can't. They can be as far as I see it, Shamisa is the next presidential candidate in twenty twenty three. So by splits I mean basically it's going to be unlike Makupe, we didn't have enough time to really tell them the people that the the MDCTs doesn't exist anymore. It's it's no longer an option. So those forty five thousand votes that she got are not necessarily as a result of her own um her her own uh, accessibility or, or popularity. She didn't campaign anywhere. No, yeah, that's and but that's, she still and beat right. out she still beat out Ngosana Moyo. She still beat out everyone. We can now perfect segue anyway to get into the into, into the presidential uh, results. Yeah, per- perfect segue. Um so so presidential results obviously um Emerson Dumbzomnanga go won with two million four hundred and sixty thousand votes, four hundred and sixty three. Um Nelson Chamisa second with two million one hundred and forty seven thousand votes, four hundred and thirty six. And then Tokozane Kupe, 45,573. Literally, that's 2.1 million less than than Tamisa, right? 2.1 million less. That's that's mad in terms of just the gap, the massive gap between second and third, you know? Going down the list, shout out to um Joseph Makamba Busha. Yeah, no, Joseph Makamba Busha, who, who was never on my radar but came forth with 17,556. Um, so his and name was Kosana, first, <laughs> yeah. That's 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 literally that's what I believe. His name was first, and then he just got lucky. Um, <laughs> Kosana Moyo. I honestly think that's what it was. Yeah. Kosana Moyo came, came fifth with 50,223. You know, he beat Manju, who was seventh. Um, I have no idea who this guy is. Who? Yeah. And and he he beat Manju. He got 13,141. Do you know what I think what happened with Evaristo Chikanga? Rebuild Zimbabwe. What? I think yeah. he, he stole votes from Noah Manika, Build Zimbabwe Alliance. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't think so. No, no I but don't think, think about so. Chris. I'm, think about this. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you, you are an undecided voter. You've decided I'm going to b- vote for that build, build, build guy, and then the first build Zimbabwe you see is Chikanga because Chikanga obviously would have been on that left and high. Eish, man. So you don't okay, bother you know going all the way it's, down to build Zimbabwe because you don't remember Nyomanyika, but you remember the party you know, to build something. You know, it's a possibility, guy. But the gap between Evaristo Chikanga and Noah Manika was about <laughs> eleven thousand votes. So if you're telling me eleven thousand people made that mistake, made that mistake, guy. <laughs> guys, uh, guys, the margin, no. the margin of error is too high. Anyway, Noah okay, Manika okay, had. Well, I okay. am. <laughs> Let's yeah, let's let's deal with all these jogi characters so that Tozoenda could could the could the main matters of, of the election. Um but yeah, so me for me the most exciting result of this one is number seventeen in this election was oh by the way, Ambrose Ntindri got four thousand you know votes 
yeah. NPF completely destroyed. But we'll come back to how you know people were destroyed. But Brian Mteki, shout out to him, independent candidate. Yeah. Two thousand seven hundred and forty-seven votes, number seventeen. Guess who he beat by nine votes? Love moment. Seven thousand two hundred thirty-eight. Guess who he also beat? No Amaniko builds mobilize. Lost. Lost. So did Elton Mangoma. Elton Steers Mangoma. Elton Steers Mangoma. They both they all lost. And for me this is crazy because Noah Manika was on this podcast. We actually right. had him on the radar. No, as... no, Noah Manika was on this podcast. We had him on the radar. We thought he'd be at least in the top five. At least in the top five. That was that was I think that was our I think if if I'm not mistaken, our prediction went um, Emerson, Nelson, um, Coupe, Joyce Mujuru, actually. Joyce Mujuru, Coupe. Uh, oh, yeah, so no. he was maybe like tops, Coupe, and then Noah Manika or Nkosana And even worse, Manika fielded candidates more, unlike some of these other guys who didn't actually who have ran. MP candidates, who ran as independent system. Manika fielded yeah. BZA candidates and and kuwanda kongoeda maposta aki. No, Manika ran a campaign from last year, before that even. I think 2016. He, he, came, he came onto the scene in 2016. He ran a campaign the entire year last year. He campaigned this year, right? He was on this podcast. He did TV. He did radio. He put his name out there, and he only got two thousand um, six hundred and seventy-eight votes. He would have lost to Fadzi in in Mount Pleasant. In Mount Pleasant, this for me shows that there is no space for new political parties. And perhaps, but as I said before, you know, parties come out of 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 a people and not of a person. And that was Noah Manika. Noah Manika was just him. He didn't have a base. But I honestly don't see where anybody, anybody on this list, the other, you know, 21 names, is going to find 2 million people. And if we look at our voting, if we look at the population, and in terms of, you know, ZANU targets its rural population, right? That is where their core uh, voters are. MDC has urban. Right, but aside from that, MDC, as we said, was born out of the of of a workers students and students. And workers. Right, I don't see simply because you know unemployment is so high in Zimbabwe. I don't see even if another party wanted to try to do so out of the trade unions, you can't because those people already belong to the MDC. I don't see how you're moving them away from there. Right, maybe if you say that the informal sector, but the informal sector is made up of people who are in the MDC because they used to come from the workers. Yeah. They used to be in the factories. They moved to the informal sector. They remain loyal to the MDC. If you say you're going out to the rural areas, now, for with with the cities, it's, it's a lot easier to organize because there's Harare, Blayo, uh, Mutare, um, and then you know all these smaller satellite places, but they, you know, you can you can kwe kwe gueru mashingo, you can hit ten or so places. But if we say that you want to do the rural area route, how do you target 
nationally the way ZANU-PF has done so. You simply cannot. Because can't. In, in, in Uzumba, there's 45,000 voters in total, right? Or not in total, but maybe 50,000. Yeah, 50,000 voters in total. And, and they you know, spread out geographically. And they spread out, right? In, in, in Chirezi, that's another 60-something thousand voters there. How do you target all of these people to build to that 2 million? You simply can't. Harare is different. Harare has 900,000 registered voters. If you get all 900,000, what all halfway there? Yeah. Pretty much. Which is, which is why it works for, for a thing. We really are a two-party system. And I wonder, going forward, how people are going to attack, how, how people are going to structure themselves. All of these independent candidates we've seen, all of these things, which is why I don't think for the MDC... They, 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 they have much to worry about. I think if someone like Tokozane Kupe wants to do politics, she has to go back. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, just disband. Everyone no, else. Just, just, that's, that's it. Go and farm. Go and farm. And and you know, there was a certain sense of arrogance that the the MDC alliance had at some point in their negotiations particularly with Joyce Mujuru and and with um code um, Yamangoma. Yeah. And it the I mean the, the the agreements fell apart because basically um Joyce Mujuru said I can't be a part of a, a party called MDC Alliance and that's the same thing that Elton Mangoma said. Yeah. And they've been proven right cuz I remember I was so angry and I didn't have faith. <laughs> I was like, why would you do that? You guys are doing bad. You know, you, know, you need to negotiate in, in better faith. You can make some concessions. But clearly, it, it was a waste of time. A, a complete waste of time. And it would have done them, it would, they would have done themselves a disservice to have co- made concessions. Um, because and, really, they are strong. The and the, um, strong. And on the other front, though, I think bringing the original MDC together, that's what this whole alliance should have been called, helped in some places, helped familiar faces, helped the, the party, helped the alliance. It should have just been an alliance of the original MDC members. If Kupe had been in there, then maybe we would have gotten even more parliamentary seats. Yeah. No. It should have just been a reunification um, of MDC. So it's, I mean, quite interesting what's what's happened. Um, obviously, the presidential result um, is being challenged by by the MDC. Um, Nelson Chamisa insists that he won the election. He says that Emerson Nangagwa himself knows that Chamisa won the election, and that process is is ongoing. We'll see what happens this week. They have seven days in which to. To, to challenge, um, and I think, I don't know if they've, they've done so, I haven't been following, um, but I, I do know that they are going to do so. So we'll see what happens um, there, and then sort of discuss more on just the lives of the political parties and their futures once yeah. there is clarity around, around the political system. Um, yeah. I think we can't really finish the podcast without just, you know, maybe 
acknowledging that lives were lost immediately in protest after the election. Um, yeah. And we've, so, I mean, perhaps for, for people who are wondering why we haven't touched it, um, personally, it's still quite fresh. And uh, for those who know, it's it's quite a personal situation in as far as who's being blamed for the incitement and uh, police uh, things. So I, I don't think I would do you guys any favors by really going deep into it. Um, the facts yeah, as I mean, they stand so, are... So, so, so um, just we spoke about Zek's um, running of the election in terms of um, just the simple um, conduct and process, where for me they then failed was in the results. And I, I know, we, you know, we all knew and agreed that they would take, how many days did they agree to? Five days um, was what it was to announce the results. But it was obviously a very sensitive position and this comes back to the issue of communication that i've that i've argued with zek from from the jump in that their communication was just again very poor um they were making announcements about making announcements you know they were saying uh, well we'll be back at such a time to tell you that we'll be back at such a time to tell you what time we're going to announce this particular result which it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence and when you have an election which people went into saying that you are acting in bad faith i think they had a a particular duty to um calm people's fears around certain things. So obviously, um, you know, election results were, were, were waiting for election results. And then um, now this is on Zek where, that was on Zek where, where, where I had um, uh, issues with. But um, as election results were waiting for Monday, Monday people voted, Tuesday there were no, res or Tuesday results started to come in. Maniru. Wednesday, people are waiting for presidential results and they still aren't out. And um, the MDC uh, or MDC supporters came into the city to. I I now this is where you know where it gets tricky because different people will tell you different things. But anyway, there were MDC supporters gathered at at Harvest or Morgan Swangira House is what it's called now, right? Yeah. Um, and then they decided or some people decided that they were going to protest um at zek it's one of the places that they went to um, no, um the the protesters at harvest house um for most of the day were there and then they were moved on um so people were peacefully at Harvest House the whole day and then riot police cleared out Harvest House. So there was the first skirmishes and the first kerfuffles that occurred were at Harvest House or at Morgan Changarai House when they were clearing the road because they had been blocking the road. So the police said, you can't be here anymore. And then they said, fine, oh. we're going to Zek. 
Okay. And, but by that time, so here's another thing. By by that by by the time, there were people who were there. Were, there was already other you know incidences happening in town while the majority of the crowd was uh, being cleared from harvest hours. So by that time, the cars at uh, near Zanopi have already started burning. Um, and the stones and things like that had happened. So by the time the police arrived at Harvest House, it was in response to people saying, oh, stuff is going down in town. And But those people from Harvest House really weren't involved, and that's the majority of the crowd. The rest of the crowd, or the other people that were um, being violent, uh, were already dispersed throughout the cities in the first place. And I will tell you this, I've been present in a number of, of protests and I've actually was there in the 2016 one, the last time that the riot police really sprayed people and tear gas people um, in in 2016 um, when they were running battles and and you don't congregate in group in big groups if you want to throw stones. Um, you know, I, I got my phone hit out of my hand because these guys were like, don't record us. And and basically what happens is, 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 is they decide to shut the place down. And from 2016, it's not just my supporters. You get even the, the layabouts, my street kids that are there, the ones who start throwing stones and people who are generally in town anyway. And that's not to say they don't support MDC. I'm not, I don't know who they support, but I'm, what I'm, my understanding of of these scenarios as having participated in them is that the people that you see throwing stones, the people that you'll be doing there, are likely already in town. Like they are, you know, near do wells. I suppose that's not even fair. They're just unemployed youths that are already there. No one really gets in a combi to come and protest or celebrate and decides to start burning cars. It's more likely boys and tuners. So that is, you know, what, so yeah, so what then transpired is, you know, these, as, as you mentioned, these protests then turned um, violent and the army then stepped in um, after. So, uh, you know, again, it's conflict. It's the, the story or the narrative is very difficult to, to get because there's no clear indication of what it is that actually happened or at what point um, people came to came into into these things. But protesters were gathered at different places around the city. Somewhere at Zek, somewhere at HICC or along that road outside Zanu PF, um, you know, people were bringing down Mnangagwa uh, billboards and, and such. Cars were burning. Anyway, um, after the police commissioner, commissioner of the police, um, Matanga, Commissioner Matanga says that he requested the presence of the army because he needed supported help. Um, and the army army came into the streets and opened fire indiscriminately um, on civilians and six people lost their lives, sadly, and unfortunately lost their lives. And you know, all of this was broadcast. Um, it was live. It was you, you, the, the world. Videos were online that, immediately. Immediately, the eyes of the world are watching, and it was it was savage. That's what I. That's how I. You know, describe it. Um, there's the one where the guy was literally firing, and you know, one of his 
um, fellow soldiers had to come and stop him. Literally, you know, hit him on the back to say, to say stop. Um, there's another video where some guy, some combi, uh, a combi driver stopped, made to lie on the ground, and he's beaten, and then he goes on his way. Um, you know, it was, it was not pretty. It was not pretty at all. It was, you know, it was heartbreaking actually, um, and very disheartening to look at. Simply from, especially when when, when you're coming from an election, one of perhaps the most peaceful election we've had in recent years. Um, but also, you've got a nation with hope. Regardless of what the result was going to be, there was a level of hope that we are turning a corner. And this set us back in so many ways that it was just extremely, extremely disappointing. Um first and foremost to see and then it was just it was just wrong and pure evil and for me it was it was a why that's what i don't get you know if the protesters were armed i i could say okay well you know this is a high level situation but it it wasn't that and it wasn't even it was random people getting shot at i I, you know, I've, I've, I've seen, and you spoke about 2016 protests. I've been in them. I've, I've seen the water cannons. I've been, um, you know, in that situation. I've seen the tear gas. I've been in that situation. I understand. We were, I will remember we were there what, when they were burning the ZBC car. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I get. I, I, I can. I can view that. I still can't come to the terms that they were soldiers opening that's fire my point. on the streets of Harare. <laughs> Like it, it, it really that one. I, I'm still failing to comprehend why they would fire a gun on the streets of Harare like that. That one video where the guy was literally just letting Shooting. it rain. To be fair, I I don't know one. I don't know how many people he hit, but the way he was firing. He really could have killed a lot of people. A lot more than they did. A, 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 yeah, like he, he, you know, it. So that for me was, you know, really, really. It put it, it, it marred the election, and it made the election a, but a sad. It's marred. It's marred Zimbabwe, Chris. It's, it's. Oh yeah, yeah. no, it's, no, no, it's no, like the election yeah. itself, but like I, I tongue-in-cheek called welcome to the second republic but we can't honestly i mean i I don't believe that i don't believe that and and then you you start thinking well maybe mugabe was the restraining factor in all this maybe he was the moderator well well, well you maybe see, he's no, the one that diluted just based on his pure civilian influence diluted the excesses of of of, of the military element well now and, this is the thing is and is, is, the military ties and the government ties need to be severed with surgical precision. But I don't think that there's either the political will or the ability to do so. Well, now, now this is my question is, you know, obviously my question is, who, who ordered it?
logically, anybody can tell you that this closes Zimbabwe for business. It's it, simply just because of the fact that the eyes of the world are watching. There's no way. If you're telling me that these guys just don't understand the way the media works or modern media works and social media works and they thought that this was something that they could shut down and cover up, then I think we have massive problems on our hand. But I don't think that they're that dumb. I really don't think that that's it. I, I, you know, I don't want to speculate, but I really would like some answers. And I think there's... A lot of investigative work that Going on people behind the scenes. No, that people can do. Like I think it it, it takes a bit of uh, guts and courage. But I think there there is something to this. And also, if we then go to the what happened on the Friday at the MDC press conference with the journalists and and the police, which you know they've said or George Charamba came out and said, could it was a lapse of. Um, in, in the command. So clearly somebody gave the order for something to happen there. But we all knew that there was going to be a press conference. We knew on social media that there was a press conference called at Bronte long before it even took place, right? If yeah. the journalists know that there's a press conference happening, if we know on social media that there's a press conference happening, then how is it that within the command they think it's a rally? No, it's, it's, it was... It was... It was, if it wasn't for the journalists there, they were going to arrest Nelson Chamisa in front there. Like, literally the reason it was called at Bronte was for that exact reason. Because Bronte is where most of the international observers are staying. Besides the Rainbow Towers. The decision to have it there and not at Harvest House. Have you thought of that? No, I, I, I... It's literally, listen. it's literally like having, calling a press conference as the opposition leader in an embassy. I, I, you know, you know what? I completely understand, right? From that logical point of view, right? But my, my thing is, okay, fair and fine. They're saying that if, if you know, they wanted to, to, to arrest um, Nelson Chamisa. But for me, it's the eyes of the world are watching, and it's live. This isn't something that comes on to ZBC News at 8 p.m. where you can doctor the story. This is people, literally play-by-play play action live. Yeah. And, and then you have SK Moyo come down and, and, and say this press conference must be stopped. No, he said the press conference must go on. Oh, okay. okay. SK, yeah, SK Moyo came. So the police were there. They stopped it. Right? So and who was the police you know, officer speaking to on the phone who was saying stop it is the question. I don't know. This is my question is who gave the order for and, the police to and, go and yes, before we even get to the press conference, Chris, I'm also thinking about when, when, why has no one asked to D, ED, did you know that presidential guard was, was deployed on the streets? Like, these are your own personal security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because I have it on good authority that those guys, the, some of the soldiers that made up the people on the streets that they were presidential guard. Mm. I, I, I honestly think that, you know, you know, ED said, oh, we're going to have a commission of inquiry and blah, blah, blah. There actually needs to be one, first and foremost. Um, and I, I hope he comes good on that. But last time because, they had a commission of inquiry was the Dumbuchina report, which still isn't, hasn't been reported. Who hasn't been released yeah, to no, the public um, for public consumption. But, but you see, the thing is, I, I do hope that there are people to put pressure on this issue because this this was 
something that should never have happened. There is absolute, there's absolutely no excuse. And, and I, I, I don't tolerate the manner in which the protests went down. I also don't tolerate the man, some of the things that happened prior. You know, um, I, I can talk about Bondo's video. I can talk about um, a number of things in terms of, I think, even in just in terms of the leadership aspect of it. I really think that, yes, um, you know, there was, there was every right for Chamisa to say what he felt about the elections. But I also think that at the same time, you can call for calm and patience amongst your supporters simply on the fact that you knew that it could take up to five days to release the results. This was something that came out long before the election. And I think you could have just said, okay, let's give them up until this point, right? If you're so confident in your victory, you say, okay, let's give them. We are collecting evidence in the meantime. But that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a, 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 you know, that's, those are some of the things that I feel where the leadership of the opposition let um, was let me down or let the people down um, rather regardless Chris, Chris regardless, yeah. just to people that's an, a shared sentiment by a lot of people yeah. um, dealing with Zek as you've seen over the last 18 months they've done nothing without pressure what how the opposition behaved after this election is very very little different from the nera demonstrations from any protest that has been against zek all throughout the process which has actually led zek to take action in some of their ways without that if zek hadn't made that the minimum standard that they need to have people on the streets or in front of their building petition them before they did anything, then perhaps opposition would have behaved differently. But I, the I, minimum I, I, standard for for a point of negotiation with Zek has been protests. I hear you, Henry, but at the same time, this if we're was now something... talking about saying we are not going to accept any result but our own we're not gonna those are that's a something we can we can speak to no but but no but but okay first there was that right but the second thing is they agreed to the terms and conditions this was something that came out i think when the when the roadmap came out long before and it said up to five days this was something well known it's not something it's unlike 2008 where results were just being deliberately delayed and you had no clue zek was as yes they had not released the presidential so, result but they were within their window yeah and Chris, they, added, and they the, hadn't done it the, yeah the the um environment i understand i almost agree the environment we're working in is is very different the question was well you now have said, and this is another thing you're talking about, Ozexon communication, we've agreed that all command center, all the results are in. So the, the, the reason for the slowdown in the process didn't make any sense to most people. I hear you, which is, which is why for me, and this is what it is, which is why for me, it was the duty of the leadership because these people had people who Zek Kwacho. What's his name was there? 
um, Douglas Bonsora was there. Um, Komichi was there. Yeah, um, and Komichi was saying was this there. is unacceptable. They're the ones that said, "Look, I, guys, this is unacceptable." I, 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 right. But what it was is, for me, is where the lead, and this is again, it comes down to a, a, a leadership issue, is to find the compromise. Simply because of where the the tensions were, and I, I'm not saying that um, I don't. This is not to put. This is not. So this is not to put blame on them for what then happened. I'm just saying that I really do believe in the situation. There was need for better leadership from everybody. I yeah, don't think that. We lead, can, I we don't can... think. I don't. I don't think that the leadership lived up to, um, to to the place that it should have been. I think that there are different ways in which they could have communicated with their people. That's just my opinion on the matter. Yeah. I will reluctantly take that um, <laughs> as a point. Like I said earlier, like this is way too close to home and way too personal. And I've yeah. got my own feelings that go over and above the, the acknowledged bias that I have. So I'm trying yeah. to be as calm and objective as possible. No, um, no, no, definitely. I, uh, I, I, look, I at the end it. of the day, the... But the, now, 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 this is where I was going and saying that regardless, however, of whatever then transpired with the MDC, it didn't warrant that kind of response. There's nothing there's, yeah. there's nothing that warranted that warrants that kind of response. Which then you which you know, you know, some might then go back and say, well, clearly the MDC wasn't out of line or, or whatever the case might be. But it didn't warrant that kind of response and it's disappointing that that was the response that was given. And here's the thing, Chris, is the ultimate question that I can't help but ask myself is like, like, and and you know, and it's, you know, you know, you, you, you have better trained, I suppose they might be better trained police officers, but you, you have militarily trained officers in, in South Africa that see whole townships burn without a single casualty yeah i mean you see so now this is the thing is that i it you know it's it begs a lot of questions and i don't think that there is a a a um i don't think that there's a clear this there's something that we can clearly determine from from what happened there it still baffles the mind and i i really simply would just like a lot of people would just want answers to, to some of these questions and it puts in doubt for me the unity that exists within ZANU-PF and within the government. Um, it, it makes me think that there are, there are factions at play. Um, it makes me think that there are, you know, there's underhand things going on. I immediately then also think about the White City bombing and yes. we still we still don't have answers for that. Now I'm even more suspicious because, you know, if if we then say okay, there's two centers of power. Um, whom whom would I, maybe we should have a full speculation episode? <laughs> because, yeah, maybe maybe we can because I, it is like, long. But like I, it, it's a long. I mean, this is a long episode, but we might as well finish this thought. 
you're saying yeah. who's the two centers of power because i would assume the military guys and espimoyo chuenga and 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 emerson would have been together but espimoyo is tweeting about mdc leaders needed to be to be arrested in court and brought to justice which you know the is, thing is, is right. the opposite of what some other people in the government are saying i you know at this stage i honestly don't know and and it's it's again it's it's more speculation but i i'm 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 at pains to to think that you actually have a a united government i don't think so i think there's definitely you know two centers um one one on the ed side which is the political side and one on the military side i don't know who's thing but this again is just speculation and simply based on the fact that um ed's message and the things that he's been trying to do do not coincide with the actions that took place last week at all and that i i'd be yeah but I'd i mean be very look, surprised look, look, i'd be very look, surprised if that was it is it is lord timothy bell tailored message is very different from ed the re- the real person yeah well this is true now 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 what it is though is that i think that um he himself panics and he's he a lot of the things so if you, if we think of back to election or the day before election with when mukabe came out and did his thing and ed made that video that was uncharacteristic that was definitely not something that was planned by you know the people that have been running his pr um that was him panicked and working with sub people don't know who they are but one one of his one of the internal groups who then did that um, yeah so but that means someone close enough is close enough to him to get him to 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 to, to sit down and record a, a message when his eyes are, are red and blurry like he's <laughs> yeah but look you, you, now now this is the thing is that um it, actually it's 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 a very good point it's now starting to think of who are the people that are around him and what sort of um communications happen at what times and in terms of um for for what sort of decisions and it could be actually that you know he was in charge and somebody close to him at the time was like well we have to deal with this decisively and he made a snap decision it could be um or it could be someone else did it um you know with the means and the power to do it but i want to speak to valerio um he's somebody who needs to come out and tell us what happened with his because they were his men as much as they were under the command of matanga who says they were they were valerio's men um, yeah so so valerio valerio must tell us who his men were who if if these men were seconded from the army um we must know who dispatched them who actually said okay endana you know endana farai endana tongai endana you know all these guys could collect these guys and these are the guys to go from which unit were they dispatched um what was what were the instructions that they were given when they were dispatched these are some of the things that need to come to light so, and i think 
and here's the thing here's an actually interesting thing if you listen to emerson's language he said we'll put in a commission of inquiry yeah saying the police have no ability as well as he doesn't believe in the independence or the ability of the army or its leadership to deliver the people who would have done it to justice it's 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 like either he's admitting i'm not in power or he's this ruthless and that's the only way i mean look the world's news cycle is so fast these days that genuinely i believe that he threw the dice in the air and he said look trump is going to say something ridiculous in three days and the people who are going to do business with us anyway the russians the chinese the iranians are still going to do business with us as much as we would want it to be in the commonwealth that really wasn't going to affect our business deals as much as 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 you know the business with russia and china so he rolled the dice and said look i don't need these people as much as i need my people to fear me and to respect me he maybe is even angry that he only got 50 percent of the vote and feels betrayed i i liberated you guys from garbage you have the audacity to to protest against me you have the audacity to not vote against me to not vote for me uh, you know so cool i'll show you and that's it then you've now put your stamp of authority and you can still say i'm soft as wool it was a lapse in judgment but the people of harare are going to remember for as long as you rule so it may have been a a a calculated decision and you can't start your term off by accepting dissent but you only have to do it once and you never have to do it again. You know, it, it, it very well could be. I honestly don't know. I mean, um, if, if we're going to accept that these, that's the level of reasoning, that's how calculated these men are in being able to run a coup, that's, for me, that would be the then level of reasoning that you'd have to give them, that cold Machiavellian calculating one. If we say... Well, they bungled through the coup, and it, if it wasn't for Chiwenga putting his tanks there, Emerson would never have flown back. He really had no control of the situation, and it just happened to be fortunate that people decided to march and everything worked out in favor, and no one was really in control. Then, cool, then I will believe the other story, but two things can't be true at once. Ah, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I honestly <laughs> don't know. I, I, this, that's the thing is I, I can't definitively come out and say, but you know what? Yes, it was a, um, it was a, or it was, it was, it was, it was, was, there were two, there's two sides or it was one person making the decision or it was, you know, for them, it was a show of force. I still, I still, the show of force angle doesn't work for me. Only to the extent that the international the past, is still here. The past, yeah, the past eight nine months would have then be for, been for nothing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if 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 you had this card at the back of your hand, then I think they would have moved a lot differently over the last eight to nine months. Yeah, uh, it it's it it it, it doesn't make sense to me. 
and even in terms of you know just even in terms of the way the election has panned out and it hasn't been perfect but inviting the world's media to come watch inviting all these observers it puts a lot of strain on you simply if you're saying could you are going to rig this election with all these eyes watching you must have one damn sophisticated system of rigging you know what i mean or you must have done it kudara and obviously there's all these other issues that were brought up in terms of intimidation in terms of vote buying um you know food allocation using state resources these are some of the things that are part of the electoral part of the political culture in yeah, zimbabwe i mean and, i've always i've, I've always believed that if you want to beat sanopi if you have to beat them by 20% and they'll give you a win by 5%. Now 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 this is my thing is that but at the same time if that that's one aspect of it and this is one aspect that observers also spoke about um in terms of you know the uneven playing field. But in terms of um ballot box stuffing and others you know moving exes and whatever other things that you know have been have been brought up whatever rigging methods people what whatever it must be with that level of scrutiny it must for me it must be extremely sophisticated however now coming to the issue of scrutiny is how scrutinized were these elections um you know observers didn't go everywhere mdc didn't have agents everywhere and where were the gaps and did zanpf know where the gaps were going to be and yeah. adjust adjust for that before here's here's for me man look <laughs> we can do a proper postmortem when it's all finished but erc and all these other organizations had their funding cut the only independent election observer body that was sort of left in zim with full funding was um, zimbabwe election support network which is fund, funded directly out of the ambassadors office is is DFID um funding which is british funded and yeah they had very favorable um a very favorable report for the election whereas the american funded guys were defunded um first of all before harry thomas junior left the country um but they also just didn't have the the ability to to double check some of the claims So I think there's there was some manipulation in terms of where the gaps were um my my mazero constituency we've always spoken about polling station based voters how it protects the the opposition vote in urban areas but actually goes against opposition votes in in rural areas in a way and and those are things they know so when you see mazero mazero um polling stations where chamisa or whoever else got zero you can now you know whoever is running that cell anevanwake they know each other if that yeah. makes sense yeah. yeah i mean there was the i think it it i'm not sure if it was bbc or al jazeera or um one of these sky i think it was um they went to one of these rural constituencies and they saw one of the guys that was literally taking names of yeah. the people that were coming to vote so these are things that we know happen um you know you're marked on a register kuti ningawe of of water ningia na kuya um 
And, and if there's if there's three hundred at you at that polling station, and Zanu doesn't get three hundred votes, one over or the odds, yeah. Tawanda, any any girlfriend with MDC, like maybe the years of voting MDC. Yeah. Um. So 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 there's 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 definitely all these um. Yeah. Uh, but we we go ahead of ourselves. I think we need to bring it back and turn <laughs> up. This is a post-election. Oh yeah, yeah. Episode. I mean, yeah. I think, I look, yeah. For yes, now, we wait. Yeah. The um, the any legal challenge the MDC is going to going to get. Um, we pray and supplicate for peace in the country, and um, we say, yeah. Look, overall, I'll give it a solid C minus as an election. Um, room for improvement. Um, lo- and lo- I think, <laughs> yeah. Loads of room for improvement, as like I said. But definitely um, better than um, 2013 or 2008. Yeah. So 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 for me, um, you know, a C a C is a um, a decent grade for it. As I said, the biggest it had had Wednesday not happened, I think it would have you know definitely stayed about a C. But uh, since Wednesday happened, I think that mars it for me. You know what I mean? And it puts it in the D region. Um, well. I, I, I await the, the results from the from the court case. Um, I was going to say though, this is something that I've been thinking about. And I, again, I think it's the violence that takes everything away from this election. But in the event that, um, you know, um, it, it, the challenge falls through and ED remains, um, how how the how how does the international community view this election? And one of the things that I've been you know trying to look at or just compare it with is the Kenyan election. And Kenya doesn't have sanctions on it, but you know that's an actual election where a result was nullified by their courts, um, and everyone has sort of come to terms with what's happened in Kenya or with that election. So I'm just wondering, in terms of this election, what a final verdict from people might then be uh, in terms of how this election panned out. I know obviously there were a lot of um, clauses in Zidera and a lot of rules and basic minimums or standards that were expected to have been met. Um, From the jump, I didn't think we were ever going to do so. Um, And that it's it's based on a lot of issues. Some are institutional, some are historical. Um, but I just sort of wonder, as you know, you rated it a C, but just how, yeah, how 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 is this election rated overall, and what can be done to improve as we go forward? A lot of recommendations have to do with electoral law reform, which I do hope comes. You know, obviously that's something to discuss, but I do think. We are a step in the right direction by the soldiers killing people. I think we are definitely, we've moved a step in the right direction from where we were previously. Yeah. And, and, and that's a reflection in the result as well. It's a contested election. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I think that's I think we can end there. <laughs> we can um, end there. I think 
we will go continue going backwards and forwards. Look, all we yeah. know is we can we can continue. We can we're better than this, and we can continue being better than this. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah. um, I think we can end there. We'll wait and see what results come from court applications. If I'm not mistaken, they have to file within seven days. Inauguration, um, you have to wait at least nine days. And I think the nine days is to accommodate that seven days. If there is a challenge, then I think there's going to be a further delay because the constitutional court has to give a response um, within 14 days. So they yeah. have a, a of up to 14 days so we could have an inauguration this weekend or we could have an inauguration if if the mdc was smart they'll just pick 25 constituencies and challenge 40,000 votes and that'll be enough to take it to a runoff yeah. if they got the challenge through <laughs> and there's there's constituencies you can pick if you can invent, like you literally can say, oh, this constituency wasn't right because some people didn't have VR. Like, you know, there's enough just administrate. Like, like if you look at that um, that one that was overturned and given to MDC, there's enough of that yeah. throughout yeah. the election. If you have forensic, if you literally have, if you're doing it to overturn or at least, you know, let's say 10 constituencies possibly. If we're Do you have... Fair. Do, do they have enough time to put together such a case in seven days or within yeah, seven days? I think I don't think they will. And I, I, don't, I don't think that the um, Zimbabwean courts have the judicial activisms of the Kenyan courts. I don't think a Zimbabwean court would ever d declare an election invalid. I doubt it. Um, yeah, I, I don't see it happening. But anyway. But yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, Zimbabwe is open for business, guys. <laughs> Zimbabwe is open for business. <laughs> and I, love the, I, love, <laughs> I love the way he says business. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, so, bye, everyone. Cheers. Bye.